You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. You could never judge what is evil unless you know what's good. When you say, that's wrong, how do you know it's wrong? Because you know what's right. That's evil over there. That's terrible. How do you know that? Because you know what's good and what is just. And that is a witness of God in your own life, is it not? You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. 2 Corinthians 5.17 begins right there. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, on the count of three, can you say in Christ? One, no, on the count of three. <laughs> on the count of three, say in Christ. One, two, three. In Christ. You want to know why that's important? Because a lot of people today say, I believe in God. That doesn't mean anything anymore. A lot of people today can say, I believe in Jesus. It means zero. Look, people today will say, I'm a Christian. Now, we don't know that. But at least for now, in fact, a lot of people will say they're born again. They don't even know what they're talking about. At least for now, there's a little bit of a code word still left. And that is right here in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? And I, I've discovered this, that only those who are know Think about that. To be in Christ is to understand that Christ is in you. That he's actually living his life out through you. And that is our, listen, that is our day-to-day -day joy battle. It's our happiness and it's our terror. You and I are living out Christ in this life right now, but we're living in a world that is hostile toward Christ, isn't it? And how many times, and please listen, how many times are people angry at you or upset with you all because you've taken the position of Christ? You're saying what Jesus says and somebody doesn't like you. Listen, how do you handle that? Recognize you're in Christ and that you're going to speak truth in love and that their reaction is not personal. 
They're coming against you. Yes, they'll persecute you, but you are standing and being a light and you're being salt. Why? Because 2 Corinthians goes on to tell us this is what's happened. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now that's awesome. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Did you hear that? The Holy Spirit's given you the ability to get people to make up with God by talking to them, having coffee with them, sharing with them. That's on us, all of us. Verse 19, that is that God was, there it is, in Christ on the count of three. Can you say in Christ? One, two, three. In Christ. That God was in Christ, watch this, reconciling the world to himself not imputing or no longer stacking up or treasuring up their trespasses against them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That word in the Greek, ambassador, there's two words. You can be an ambassador as one that is sent to an ally nation or there's a Greek word that you can be an ambassador that is sent to a hostile nation. So if we were to send a, uh, an ambassador to um, Afghanistan today, that would be an ambassador to a hostile nation. Or to China, or to Russia. Nations that want us to uh, be gone. And this is the word that is used in the Bible for the Christian. You should cheer up. God's word is so awesome and so accurate that you are an ambassador to the Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ to a world that is hostile toward God. And yet he's given you and I the Holy Spirit's ability to speak reconciliation to those that we come in contact with. I know you're not much appreciated in this world, but you are an absolute treasure to the mind and to the heart of God and to the ministry of God on earth. This is the church, you and others that hold to the word of God. This is the greatest thing happening on earth right now is the church of the living God in love and ministry and reaching other people, helping, healing, reaching out, caring. The church of Jesus Christ is the offscouring, as Paul put it, of the world. But listen, once this church, once the church, once the witness of Christ is removed from this earth by virtue of the church... That void will be filled by evil. And I'm very aware that your kids, college students, a lot of young people today, people that are woke, people that are progressive, they don't even know what they're talking about. The church is evil. The church is, it's the, the church is the problem. Look, I'm not disagreeing with you. Some churches are the problem. But grow up. Not all the churches are the problem. We need to remember that. But God has given us that amazing ministry. Corinthians also goes on to tell us right there about us being ambassadors for Christ, that as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Here's verse 21. Amazing. For he, that is God the Father, made him, that is God the Son, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of of God in him. The theological ramifications of what you just read are shocking. 
that God who is just takes that which is condemned. And in any other arena, it's an impossible situation. But a holy, righteous God can take that which is condemned and ungodly and by him paying the price at the cross and by him being resurrected from the dead purchases righteousness, not for himself. He is righteous. He is just. He turns and places that upon any man or woman, boy or girl who will trust Christ and he imparts to them his righteousness. Christ became sin for us. This is a powerful statement. He didn't become a sinner. That's who we are. At the cross, God the Father laid on him all the sins of mankind. And he became sin. He is the atonement. Because he was righteous, because he was pure, because he was innocent, because he was the sacrifice, he had to be the perfect human. But there are no perfect humans. So God came into the world to be that perfect human. And he communicated his righteousness to us. It says in verse 5 here that, uh, that we're without walking with God and without forgiveness, that we're treasuring up for ourselves wrath in the day of wrath. That's an amazing thing to think about. And I won't belabor it. Just that the non-believer today, if you're sitting here right now and you're not a follower of Christ, the meter is running. The meter that has your name on it is running. And it's recording sin. Think of that. See, that's not true. It is true. The Bible says it's true. In fact, it says in Scripture that the sins are being recorded. That when Christ went to the cross, the sins of mankind were nailed to that cross... The accusation, but unless you receive his forgiveness, that benefit doesn't apply to you. You think of that for a moment. Well, if Jesus died for the whole world, then aren't I going to heaven automatically? Uh, no. You've got to accept. You've got to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the awesome thing. Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't say anything. Ask yourself this, have you repented of your, of your sin and have you accepted Christ? Meaning, did you realize and recognize that what you had done in life and how you had lived in life it had come to a point where you said, that's it, I cannot do this anymore. It is wrong. I've offended the holy living God and he is righteous and he is good and he is just and I'm now, I'm wanting to live my life for him for the rest of my life. If that's happened to you, you are in Christ and you're new. You've been created new. And that's a joyous and awesome fact. But here the Bible warns us that without Christ, you can be treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath. Man, that's scary. So watch this, everybody. Every day that you live without Jesus, the meter's running and you're stacking up. The word treasure is to lay upon layer upon layer upon layer. Wrath or judgment when Christ judges the unbelieving world. And that's a terrifying thought. For the believer, that's not true for the believer. That's, that's all gone now for the believer. In fact, the other becomes true. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures, layer upon layer, on earth, where moth and rust 
and where thieves break in and steal. You don't need to lay up stuff that's of this world for purpose, identity, meaning. Verse 20 says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys nor thieves break in and steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What an awesome thing. In other words, what do we do as believers? The context demands this. We're going to read about this in a moment. Is that we want to live a life now for Jesus because we are brand new, because we have been given a new life. Lord, what are we going to do today? Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Show me. Isn't that the cry of the Christian? God, show me what to do. Just before service, I think Gia had walked into uh, to the room and we're standing there and uh, she said something. I don't, it doesn't matter what it was. And I, and I said, you know what? I said, I, I just don't want to, I just don't want to get old. Oh, oh, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how crazy things are in the world. And I said, my big concern is I just don't want to be old. And she, because she's been a daughter in our lives, she's been with us forever. She just said, but you are old. <laughs> and... And so that's, and I said, that's not what I mean. What I mean is I don't want to get old in here because there's so much to do. I, I'm, I'm terrified that my body, my physical body cannot keep up with what Jesus is wanting to do. And I hope that you're starting or that you do sense that in your own life. We're not afraid of getting old as believers. That means we're closer to heaven. Hallelujah. But listen, as long as we're here, oh God, use us. By being instruments of love and of grace to execute your will in the world. Listen, God, keep us going. Keep us usable. We need to be usable, oh God. Why? Because our treasure is no longer here. Are the things in this world owning you or do you own them? And as a believer, if you own the things that you have in this world, you know that God is really the owner. You're just the manager. But do those things own you? That's a big difference. What drives you? What's, what are you laying upon layer? And the believer, the Christian, is saying something to this effect. Evangelism, I'm helping to support missions. I'm praying about doing this, looking at that stuff. Went with those people to do that thing. Went and are you with me? You're looking, you're looking. Why? Listen, everybody, because spiritually speaking, we are investors now. And we're looking to put our efforts and our energy in things that will last forever. I met with a man this week who asked to meet with me and um, very super successful man. He said, listen, I've been listening to the messages. I've been following what's going on in the church. Just want some advice. I have this amount of blessings in my hand and I'm asking you, where do you think those things should go? What ministries out there affect this and this and that and that in the nation? Wow. You know, that's a smart man yes. because you could store it and hoard it up and then in three months it could all be gone. And so we want to make sure that we're laying up treasures that serve God. And this leads us to this. Look at verses six through nine. Crowns or eternal crowns. You read a lot about crowns in the Bible. And, uh, and so we should. Verse six and seven teaches us this. Who will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life to those 
By patient continuance and doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. You can just write down in your margins of your Bible, crowns. This is always a funny topic. I get it. I understand this. But the Bible is very clear about this issue about rewards. We're to live our lives here and now so that in the day of judgment for the believer, us, that the life that we have lived here now turns out to be a glory and honor to God. It's how you and I live now will turn out to be a gift giving to Jesus. I want that, I want that to settle in for a moment. Don't think for a moment, well, the way I live my life right now, right, if I do it right, I can, I can have this in heaven and that in heaven. Oh, come on. It's, first of all, you're going to be so happy just to be there. Okay? We're going to walk around. But in this time of our lives, God has called you and I to take of our lives and follow him as Lord. And to serve him, the Bible refers to, as our master. The Bible says that we should be busy about our father's business, does it not? Jesus speaks to us over and over again. Take what you have and use it for the glory of God, and more will be given to you. Jesus said to be faithful in little, I'll make you faithful in more. This is all exhortations that will apply to us in the end and this is exactly what Paul's speaking about here in verses 6 and 7. In fact, write this down if you would. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Imagine that. That there's a day of reckoning, and it can be very positive. And I pray, listen, and I do trust for you here, this church. We've worked hard to give you the truth. Amen. This is what we're about. This is what this ministry is about, to give you the truth so you know what to do. Okay? And I believe it's going to be positive for this body of believers. Amen. Why? How can you be so confident? Because God's word never returns void. He will accomplish his work. Once he has started a good work, he says he, says he will complete it until the day of Christ. I'm trusting him for that. That gets me out of bed. And I know one of the big trip-ups, right, everybody? Do we have this problem together? I have this problem together. And that is this. The opportunity to do this good thing, right, comes before you. You hear about it. Well, I want to, you know, it's a good thing. But I don't know if my motive's right. Because that's not, Bible warns about having wrong motives. Do you understand that you can have, you can have that, but I've already done it for you, by the way, for years. I missed so many opportunities because I debated with myself, well, that's a really great thing to do, but if I'm doing it for the wrong motive, then that's a horrible thing. And then I'd be sinning against God because I'd do the right thing with the wrong motive. And then that's terrible. And so, you know what? I would talk myself to death. I would think myself to death. I would think and wait and talk and argue about my motive until the opportunity passed. You know what I do now? 
God, you know my heart. By the way, Jeremiah clears it up for us perfectly. Jeremiah, he says, your heart's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Say, well, I really would like to do this for the kingdom of God. Then do it. What if my motive's not right? Do it. What if my motive's right and I don't know it? Do it. But what if my motive, do it. Do it. If God, if God shows you something, do it. Just make sure it's God showing it to you, but do it. If it honors him, do it. This Jack Kemp's podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.